0: So Genesis 12, now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you and I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and I'll make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you, I will curse and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Let me go to Exodus chapter 1, 1 through 7. These are the names of the sons of Israel who came to Egypt with Jacob, each with his household. Reuben, Simeon, Levi, and Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, and Benjamin, Dan, and Naphtali, Gad, and Asher, All the descendants of Jacob were 70 persons. Joseph was already in Egypt. When then Joseph died and all his brothers and all that generation, but the people of Israel were fruitful and increased greatly. They multiplied and grew exceedingly strong so that the land was filled with them. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Again, my name is Mark. I'm one of the elders here at Wyndham Baptist, and have loved that privilege of being with you. This is Matt, and he is just a fantastic guy. Just bottom line—that's the way it goes. So, uh, if you're if you're if you haven't been here the last few weeks, I just want to catch you up so that you understand what we're doing. We are we are on the trail, and what we're doing is we're, we're we're headed towards the summit. And we have set out in 10 weeks to cover the story of the Bible from, from soup to nuts, from the beginning to the end. And we're going to draw out one picture of what the Bible is all about. And that's what we are, are doing together. So we call this the story formed way. This is the third week. And um, what, we're, what we're doing is we're going, to, we're going to continue on with the story few things that you need to understand as we do this together is that this is a, a time that's really very dialogue-oriented. Uh, we, we are excited about the opportunity, A, to share, again, what God's story is. I want to encourage you to listen through that. Then We've got a series of questions. And one of the things that's really amazing about this and one of the things that we try to emphasize as we do this is just the fact that God speaks... Through his word to his people. Do you believe that? Okay. Now we realize we're not going to just open the Bible and read the text directly this morning. We're summarizing and you always have to do that. But do you also believe that God speaks to and through his people? Do you believe that? Amen. That's true. That was not as hardy as the first statement, was it? I sense a little bit of, of doubt. But what we believe in the priesthood of the believer, that each believer here has the Spirit of God on them and in them, and, and He works in them just as much as He does in me. So the reason I mention that is as we share, as we come to the story, as you will uh, feed back, I want to encourage you to feel free to just listen but if, if there's something that you hear, if there's something that you want to interject, please feel free to do that. Because there may be something that God's giving to you that's going to be a real blessing to the rest of us. So we're sharing. We're sharing time. We're, we're dialoguing together. Second key thing that I want us to understand is that as much as possible... Our goal, as we go through the story, is to answer the questions from inside of the story. I know that we're going to start thinking ahead. Some of you have a strong enough biblical background that you're going to go, oh yeah, the Apostle Paul said this in Romans, or or in Hebrews it says this. Our goal is to actually try to answer the questions out of the story. And that takes a little discipline. So instead of us just going, ah, you know, uh, we're, 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 we're going to try and help each other with this. But, but we really believe that there's a way that everything that we need to learn about God and humans can be found right here in this story. So those are kind of our ground rules share. As in, let others be involved, but also share if there's something that, that, that you come to that you, that you want to share. We want to encourage you. Even if you feel shy, even if you sit there and go, boy, I don't know if I'm. Please feel free to share. But then second, let's try and focus here and do this right out of, um, out of the story, okay? We're going to talk a little bit just to review briefly what we looked at last week.
2: One of the things we noticed last week was that 10 out of 10 people sin. Simple as that. Right. Um, our default nature is to choose ourselves over God in our hearts. Uh, God looks at our hearts and not just our actions, uh, and that actually God shows mercy and grace, um, even
1: while he justly punishes rebellion. So last week we also saw that self and sin, they lead to separation and to death, while obedience leads to relationship with God. God also says that life is in the blood and all life belongs to him.
2: Finally, we discussed that um, what it means that God has actually created and commanded us to be fruitful. Um, we're going to transition now into the next story uh, and see how does this continue to play out
1: uh, in God's, God's story. So this week we're talking about the people of God. Scene number one. The title here is The Covenant. Noah's descendants forgot about God and how He had spared them in the flood. Instead, they made plans to construct a great city out of brick. They said, let's build a monument to ourselves that reaches to the heavens to show how great we are. God saw how people were gathering together to honor themselves instead of Him. At that time, everyone on earth spoke the same language, so God gave people different languages to make it harder for them to join together in rebellion. Then, He scattered them all over the earth. A few generations later, God established a special relationship and a promise with a man named Abram this special promise was called a covenant representing the deepest of all agreements between two people God told Abram I want you to leave your country and your family and go to the land that I will show you and I will make you the father of a great nation and famous throughout history I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. The entire earth will be blessed through your descendants. This was an amazing promise that God was making. He was choosing to bless the entire earth through one family of people. There was just one problem. Abram's wife, Sarai, had not been able to have children So how would the earth be blessed through their descendants? Not to mention that they were getting old. At that time, Abram was about 75 and Sarai about 65. So God led Abram and his family to a land called Canaan. There, God told Abram, look as far as you see in every direction. I am giving this land to you and your descendants. This land of Canaan would now be called the promised land.
2: Some time passed and Abram and Sarai still did not have a child. Abram asked God, what good are all of your blessings if I don't even have a son? I'm getting old and soon I'll have to give my inheritance to one of my servants. God replied to Abram, no, you will have a son who will inherit everything that I have promised you. Then God took Abram out beneath the night sky, and he said, Look up into the heavens and count the stars if you can. Your family will be like this, too many to count. And Abram believed what God said, so God called him righteous because of his faith. More years passed, and Sarai became impatient with not having a child. She asked her servant, an Egyptian woman named Hagar, to be a surrogate mother for her. Abram agreed with this plan. Hagar became pregnant and gave birth to a boy named Ishmael. But Hagar and Sarai's relationship became strained. During Hagar's pregnancy, she began to despise Sarai. In return, Sarai treated her servant Hagar terribly. Eventually, Hagar and Ishmael were sent away and not allowed to live with Abram's family. When Abram was 99, God appeared to him again saying, I am the mighty God. Serve me with your entire life and live purely. I will keep my covenant with you for many generations to come. I'm changing your name to Abraham, which means father of many nations. Remember this, I will always be your God and you will always be my people and then God added I'm also changing your wife's name to Sarah which means mother of many nations very soon she will be blessed with a son and you are to name his you are to name this son Isaac both Abram and Sarah laughed to themselves in disbelief of God's promise Abram wondered how how can I become a father at 100 years old how can Sarah have a baby when she's almost 90 Sarah thought, how could a worn-out woman like me have a baby? And my husband is even older than I am. Abraham asked God, would you pass your blessing on through my son Ishmael? But God said, why did you laugh? Is anything too hard for me? About a year from now, you will have a son. It is through Isaac that I will pass on my blessing, not through your servant's child. Sure enough, a year later, exactly as God had said, Sarah gave birth to their first son, naming him Isaac, which means laughter. The birth of Isaac was the beginning of God fulfilling the promise he made to Abraham. God desired for Abraham's descendants, called the Hebrews, to be a new kind of people who would show the world what it means to live in God's ways.
1: I hope when we go through the story that you're willing to kind of even just mentally picture what that looks like i mean it was running through my head a little movie of uh, just what that looks like this story so let's talk a little bit about this um i'm hoping that somebody under the age of 13 will answer this first question you guys have been you guys have been amazing so far uh, as we go through this story but why did god stop the people from building a monument to themselves. So, so what are we talking about here? At the beginning of the story, what did the people, what did the people decide that they were going to do? They gonna yeah, they were going to build a tower. And Is there anything wrong with building a tower? Yes, they were just building it to praise themselves. So that's why God stopped them, wasn't it? So let's go on to another question. These ones are softball kind of questions. You can just kind of toss them across the plate. You guys can answer these. You don't have to be under the age of 13 for this one. Uh, you just have to be under, under Abraham's age when they had... Okay, so what was, what was God's relationship with Abraham like? And, and just to flip that over, what was Abraham's relationship with God like? What's your sense? What was God's relationship with Abraham like? They were friends. Yeah, they were friends. What what kind of gives you that sense or, or where did you I agree with you? Yeah. That's a great answer, isn't it? Yeah, so we see this friendship, we see this trust, we see this, this communication. Can you imagine what that would be like to get to just dialogue with God and to have him speak, like Heidi said, some of the things that God spoke to him? How, how do you sense Abraham's relationship was with God, though? Because here, here we see God kind of doing what we've seen in the last few weeks, haven't we? God keeps coming and communicating? What, what was Abraham's communicate? What, 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 what sense did you get about his relationship with God, though? Or what's missing? What might you expect about Abraham's relationship with God? Did he seem really afraid? Okay. No, he didn't come across really afraid in the, in the story. I don't know. Anything else to add to that? What do you think? This isn't the time change. It's okay. <coughs> I know it's early. No, no stress, right? Scott. That's a yeah, that's so true, isn't it? I don't know if you heard Scott, but you know but what we said was, a little different here. Abraham kept looking to say, kind of almost God needs my help. He, he was looking for a human two plus two equals four way to, to get to this. Great. That's a great thing. Anything else? i keep asking that question, because I know that there's some really. Uh, some amazing insights. Well, let, let's ask this then. Where in the story did we see Abraham, Abraham struggle to believe the promise? Where did you see that, Ben? And to and yeah. He he yeah, he was. He was skeptical, wasn't he? He kind of laughed. And, and Sarai did too, right? Okay, so that was definitely one of the places where we saw, we saw that thing where, boy, <laughs> hard to really believe you, God. What else? Where else did in the story, as we went through it, did you see that, Doug? In the waiting, yeah. It was he was what seventy nine, seventy in his seventies or something. Yeah. Was, you know the time goes. You know we listened to the story inside of five minutes. And, <laughs> Yeah. And where did you get kind of evidence of that? Because you're right, that's such a great point to think through that. Man, we, we read through it like that, but have you ever waited 25 years for something? What, what were some of the places, what were some of the solutions that, that they came up with? Uh, kind of like Scott said, where you're looking at this long-run promise, we've got to come up with some solutions, we've got to kind of help God. Okay, surrogate mom, right? Uh, God clearly must have meant this. <laughs> All right. We never do that, thankfully. But uh, sur- surrogate mom. All right. What are some of the other solutions that, that they came up with to help God out of a pinch? There, there was another one, if you remember him. Oh, Heidi. Yeah, you didn't want to do it before, but let's go back to it now. <laughs> okay, and even in the very beginning of the story, there was one other place that was similar to that, if you, if you, if you caught that as part of the story. Yeah, well, okay, <laughs> then maybe this servant's going to be like a son of mine. So he came up with a whole bunch of these, these uh, possible places where we can see that they really struggled to believe God.
2: We saw one part of the story where God actually declared Abram righteous because of his faith. What do you think that it would mean to be righteous? Was, was he without sin? Okay. I'm going to pretend that's a hearty no from everybody. Um, <laughs> I just gave you a hint anyway. Uh, what does it mean that God declared Abram Righteous. Doug. I
0: think is the difference between God declaring him righteous and God describing him as righteous. He declared it; therefore, it is. Yeah. He didn't necessarily look at it objectively and describe this man as righteous. Right. He declared him righteous.
2: Nice clothes. Nice hair. Okay, you're righteous. No, he didn't do that he he did declare there's definitely a difference what what does that mean then it is final um why what is what's significant about the fact that god said abraham is righteous jake it's, it's God's God's definitely yeah i mean have we seen so far in the story that you know Adam and Eve always does what is good, right, and perfect. Noah always does what is good, right, and perfect. God looked at Abram and said, you always do what's good, right, and perfect. You're righteous. Is that is that kind of how things have gone so far? No. So God is the one who always does what's good, right, and perfect. It's his call, and he declared it. He put that stamp on Abram. What does it mean... Um, than for Abram's life at this point. Um, now, see, we, we kind of looked at his relationship with God. What does this mean now? Abram has been declared righteous. Yeah, he was given a new name, definitely. Um, why does it say that God declared him Righteous. Yes, definitely, because of his faith. He didn't perform well. He didn't catch God's attention by doing something the way God thinks it should be done. Um, Abraham had faith because of what God had told him. He had faith in God's promise, uh, and he was declared righteous at that point. God had, had brought Abram. To a point, with this declaration, he's, he's telling Abram, I am going to use you. Uh, this promise included him. Um, so his, you, you could think of it this way. Righteousness, because it, it kind of flows with the way the word is used, as right-use-ness. Um, Abram is going to be used by God for God's purpose. And that's, that's, that's a real, um, real significant way to understand what's happening here. Abraham didn't do anything, but God is, is bringing this in.
1: Well, it kind of stands in contrast to building the tower, doesn't it? Yeah. That's wrong useness, <laughs> <laughs> where Abraham, because of his faith, we find him in right use, righteousness. Yeah,
2: exactly. Um, so let's, let's apply this to our hearts for a minute here. Um, who ultimately should declare the right use of our lives, our talents, our time? Good answer. <laughs> let's, let's delve a little deeper then. Who usually decides the right use of our time and our talents and our abilities. I heard it, but not loud enough.
1: Yeah.
2: Us, yes, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Us.
1: Is <laughs> like I don't want to admit this.
2: Well, who else? I'll call that a curveball. Yeah. Anyone? Anything else? I mean. How do you see that happening? I'll, I'll open that for everybody, but how, how does that work out? <laughs> okay, the end result doesn't usually work out well, but what, how does that look then, Josh? So a lot of times the things that really our hearts tend to, to, to be given to, the things that we love, will often be what sort of dictates the use of our time and our talents. Sure. Yeah. Definitely. So. Right. And there's peer pressure, the culture, things like that. We want to conform uh, even inside the church body, right? Doesn't that happen? Joel? No, we're doing that. No. <laughs> Week, you're working at this place and you need to fulfill the obligations by which you agreed to do yeah
1: <clears throat> yeah this is one of those great times because <laughs> what do you do at this point you just send it right out to you guys what do you guys think
2: that's why you know go ahead
0: Of how do I what God to me, and one step to life, and often there is a we, for one or another, to, fall, to, do something, to do, it, we are, it may not be to you.
2: So there again uh, the idea is the perception. Okay. So okay. So Trying to make sense of what God wants in light of the circumstances and the pressure in and, and, and life. Okay, good. Anyone else? Don? Yeah, um, this goes right into what our group study tonight, as a matter of fact. So we have to stop now. <laughs> <laughs> definitely
0: we also think we have the choice of if we we have beliefs
1: we have values and I know I was put in a situation transferred and there was I'll say it right now there was a lot of pornography and I chose not to do that and I left because it wasn't a comfortable place to be
2: So we'll we'll go to Scott next, I guess.
0: Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was just gonna say, wow. Do you believe that?
0: Hmm.
1: I mean, do you believe that your work is actually an act of worship to God? I mean that's what Scott just said. Just as much as a missionary. You know, do do we see that? I, I hope we I hope we do, because what was it about Abram that that God regarded? We said it wasn't in his actions. What was it? It was faith. So if we make a decision we have to leave a job, because we're saying this is not glorifying to God, we have to do that by faith. Because it's going to take a lot, isn't it, to walk away from a job? Yeah, especially a well-paying one. To sit there and go, I'm going to have to really trust that God can take care of me. But it also takes a lot of faith sometimes to stay at a job (laughs) when we sit there and think i don't know there's probably something out there that would be better to do there's something i might like to do better than this and i know again we never struggle with that but still i just i see that that sense of faith being a real driving part in this and i just wanted to check that with us to say wow that's really important to think through do i do we really believe that that being home and and taking care of my child and, and changing diapers and watching backyardigans, you know, that this actually can be an act of worship to God in, in day in and day out. Yeah. And just as much as some pastor or something like that.
2: Yeah. And I, what is it that we see? It's clearly not a matter of what you do or don't do. You know, whether you do, I mean, sometimes, whether you do what your boss is asking you to do. But you don't walk into your boss's office and say, you know, God's in charge of me. You're not the boss of me, and, you know, storm out and go back to your desk and do what you need to do. But it, we're talking about faith. We're talking about, really, ultimately, isn't it faith in the purpose of God in those things? That not it, I mean, when you saw Abram struggling, wasn't it that Abram was actually struggling to have faith that God would come true on his promise, that, that the purpose of God was actually better than the purpose of Abram. So, I mean, that, that rolls into what we're saying here, that if you're dissatisfied at your job, what is it that you're struggling with? Um, would it be that, that struggling with the fact that God has a purpose and a plan and, and really having faith that, that he knows what he's doing if your job's not easy... You know, or if you have to make a tough decision. Does that that make sense? Um, What does it look like then? I mean, if we're going to start letting God decide what the right use of our life or time or talents and whatnot uh, is, then what is it that we have to change? What do we do? What do we have to change in our lives or about ourselves if we're going to do this? So, coming to him for help and, and coming to him for strength and guidance and wisdom uh, in the midst of those times. God change our desires
1: to be in line with his and how do you start to do this because we might look at it and go well that guy over there he seems to just do this all the time but this is new for me you know somebody might be sitting here thinking oh no you know what we're talking about right now is they're saying that I'm supposed to just like let go of all of my designs on my life and You know, maybe internally they're even thinking, well then they're gonna tell me what God's design is for my life, and now I have to go do something completely different and and that's not what we're saying. Really this is a personal interpret, you know, a question that rings inside of us, isn't it? What would it look like for you to start letting God decide the right use of your life? And and that follow up, what would have to change? And we'll get to Josh just a second, but let me just who helps you make those decisions? Who is it that walks alongside of you? Because I just find my perception is fairly limited. And and I actually need other people to help me understand this, to be able to take to have the, the boldness to take some of the steps that I need to take at times. But who's helping you? What what needs to change? What would it look like in your life to really begin to follow God and and who helps you? Josh. So Josh just said, you know, that need for community to to do this. And and one of the awesome things, the amazing things is just I, I know that when Josh says it, he's not just saying it. He he lives that and I can just affirm that, you know, for his life. Sometimes we sit there we know the right answer, but we don't do it. But you know, as Josh is saying that, I know he's speaking that. We're gonna we're gonna have to push forward. This is a great topic. I wanna encourage us to keep moving on with it. Uh but we've got to kind of push forward, otherwise we'll chew up the whole time change um here's another question then uh more back towards some facts so if 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 you're if you're on that side what did god promise to abraham in this covenant there were three things that god promised to abraham What what did god promise to abraham in the covenant this is this is stretching our minds to have to be able to think back that far ben all of mankind, all the nations of the earth were going to be blessed through him. Okay, so that's one of them. There's, there's two more. What else? Jeff? Yeah, I mean, just seashore full of sand. He's going to have that many kids and great-grandkids and great-great-grandchildren. So they're going to become this numerous, numerous people. And then what was the third thing that God promised? Scott? Yeah, and, and what does that kind of lean towards? That's not just a vindictive God thing. What, what is that? God's got his back, right? God's going to protect him. God's going to watch out for him. So th- those three, three key things. Great job. You guys are smart. That's awesome. Um, what does God promise? Uh, what, what does this promise then, if you think through this covenant, this, this deepest agreement between two people, what does this promise tell us about what God is like? Okay, he keeps his promises. Is that significant in this day and age? Yeah, isn't it a bummer when something that you buy that tells you it's going to work for a year doesn't, or when someone promises? Okay, so so God keeps his promises. What else? I saw Sarah. Yeah, yeah. uh, Say say more about that. Yeah. And here with Abram especially, how did God initiate or what what does that initiation kind of look like on God's part? How would you describe that in this this part of the story? What was Abraham looking for? Okay. He was probably hoping hoping for a son, and then God showed up, right? And, and God made promises to him. So Abraham didn't sit there and go, Oh, here's a promise I'd really like to get God. Uh, he probably would have just been happy to somehow be able to. Just, if I can just pop out a kid, I'd be happy. Tim. Going back to the promises, it's not a limited lifetime warranty. It, there is no limit. Mm. does matter if he blows it or not, because he will blow it. Yeah. So it's not a limited lifetime warranty. It, it, it's not dependent on tread wear. um You know how, how much he's taken off of this thing. It's not his performance, right? So what does that tell us about God? Okay, he's timeless. In other words, that he can actually fulfill this promise. He's not going out of business. That's pretty important. <laughs> okay. What else does it tell us about God's nature in this? That's a great point. I hadn't thought about that. He's timeless. Peter. he says he does Okay. Yeah. Is he actually able to follow through on it, though? Yeah. So, you know, it's it's one thing to, OK, know they're there and then fulfill the promise. But like Pete said, God actually has the power to do this, to, to accomplish what he says he's going to do. He's not he's not handcuffed like, oh, no, you're 100. Sorry. <laughs> you know, if you had just turned in the rebate earlier you know we could have taken care of this for you but all right what else does it say about god yeah. yeah okay yeah there's this thoughtfulness about god that he's planning he's not just reactive right He's got this plan, and and from the very beginning of the story, we see this plan unfolding and kind of moving forward. That's great. That's important. Anything else that you see in here? What kind of person just gives something to somebody else? Sarah? Yeah. God is exceedingly generous. He just lavishes stuff on us. He, he's just really giving. Becky? He's also a personal God. not just a God out there. But spoke a person. hmm. Yeah, really personal. I love what Ann said even just uh, two weeks ago. She said, God's a great communicator, He's just personable. <laughs> And he's personal. Okay, so, so let's go on to this question here because I want to give this a little... What does it mean for your life if you believe the fact that you were chosen by God and that you were blessed to be a blessing? I'll repeat the question just to, to get this in here because I want you to think about it for a second. What does it mean for your life if you really believe the fact that you were chosen by God and you were blessed to be a blessing. What difference does that make? Anyone struggle with that? You ever struggle to, to feel like God wants you? Okay. I have a feeling probably a couple more people would probably say yes, I guess. so. Lynn. Huh, hmm. maybe that part of the equation shall the of God's huh. That's a good point. Did you did you hear Lenny? He said we, we tend to think of ourselves to equate ourselves as sinners first. And yet is that really kind of where the where where this story is is going? No. Is it, it is God's first thought of you, oh, you're the person who doesn't fulfill their commitments? Is that God's first thought towards you? Steve, thanks. You know, I think uh, some churches feel like um, God wants our obedience,
0: He wants us to pray, He wants us to sacrifice, He wants us to, you know, be obedient. Mm.
1: Wow, that's a big thing, because I, 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 don't, I don't think a lot of us always feel that way, that, that, that God just loves us and wants us, and, and there's a, a pretty powerful picture there of parenting, isn't it? Parenting's a pretty interesting picture. Okay, so, so let's just ask the question again, just to give other people opportunity. What does it mean for your life if you believe the fact that you are chosen by God and that you are blessed to be a blessing? This is great, guys. You guys. I really, really appreciate it. Great stuff today. Jeff. Okay, life has meaning. Even when life gets hard, because <laughs> that's usually when we're wondering about meaning, isn't it? We're not too worried about meaning when everything goes well, because uh, <laughs> we think we got the answers at that point. But when, re- when things get really hard, there's this bottom line issue that says, my life has meaning. Okay, great, great point. Becky, did you have your hand up? I keep going back got more so We can be us. I think we're, 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 we get lost in tough to the tough down times. Hmm. Yeah. And we can't fail. With them, even though we do in our own minds, we never fail. With them. Yeah. So God's going to protect us too as 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 part of that. Joel Uh, uh, same illustrations in my head, you know, the little kid, they walk into a new situation, where do they go? They hide behind mom's leg, they hide behind dad's leg. It's that, that's confidence and that security that comes from knowing something stable and confident I can trust right right here. So, I was thinking that, I mean, that
2: the idea that's popping into my head as everyone's talking is the fact that we're already blessed. Yeah. We don't need to seek a blessing for a certain thing or what have you um, you know our, our desire should be from the first set of questions to be uh, to be faithful or, or to, to have faith that God will come true in his promises and to, to know that he's achieving his promises through our life and our circumstances um, and that someone over here said it but the really um, God is our blessing. We have, we have that blessing already. We're His children. Um, we don't need to earn it. We don't need to find it. We don't need to, to, to pray harder for the blessing, whatever it may be. We have a Heavenly Father who cares
1: for us. <laughs> and what's the purpose of that blessing? What's the direction of that blessing?
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> what do you think?
1: towards others I mean it wasn't that that was still part of the question that's why I figured it wasn't probably too too hard to come to but the direction (laughs) of that blessing is that if I bless others what's gonna you know God blessed Abram so that he would be what a blessing to all the rest of the world is is that one person could walk away from this though and go okay what we just talked about is I get to hear that this blessing is all for me and I get to just pile up blessings for myself but what's the goal of that blessing We live in America, people. What is our financial blessing for? What's our, our safety blessing for? What are the things, the, the things that come alongside, like Matt said, of just having free access to God's word and to to truth and, and to all these things? What's the purpose of our blessing? To pass it on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. be a channel right and and isn't that awesome because some of us may not see ourselves as a channel to bless others this morning you may not be here thinking you know what the reason i exist because god chose me and blessed me and you know what he wants me to be a blessing to others i am i am a a hose you know i'm a fire hose for for blessing to flow through into other people's lives I, i just hope that rests on us today
2: where is it in the story that we see God begin to keep his promise uh, to Abraham? When they have Isaac, when Isaac is born, definitely. Um, anywhere else? Josiah. Yeah, when I mean you. Sorry, the when when he counts the stars, mm. and and God tells him, I'll make your children uh, as numerous as the stars, definitely. And Isaac is born. Um, that's a huge indicator, huge proof that God is coming true in His promises. Um, I was thinking, I, I have something in mind. I don't want to just like say it because. <laughs> That's not what we're doing, (laughs) Tyler. How great is it that God told him to go, and he went, and he didn't die. <laughs> That's what I was thinking, so I'm glad I waited, and you said something. If God told me, pick up your home and, like, go to Lewiston, <laughs> and I'm not going to tell you anything else, just go and live there, I'd be a little nervous, because I've been in Lewiston late at night, and it just, it makes me nervous, so, <laughs> done. <laughs>
1: So was that that, um, blessing an event or a process?
2: Mm. No doubt. Abraham's faith grew through this uh, as he struggled and as he saw God come true. One of the other things I was thinking was that um, they were disobedient in trying to go through Hagar to get a son. But Abram was doubtful that he would even have a child at that age anyway. Now, it's probably not the right thing to point to to say, okay, yeah, hey, God, you fulfilled my promise over here. But um, the fact that Abram was able, you know, he, he didn't, didn't think he would be. Um, where else in this story from kind of continuing from the beginning to now have we seen come true? seen God come true on his promises?
1: So, from the beginning of the story, is the. Concept- from
2: creation to Abraham. That's a lot. Where do we see God actually coming true in his promises? Tyler? This is another, just
0: another small, encapsulated
2: series of events that show that exact same process the promise made, against Right. Yeah, I mean, God had told Adam and Eve, you shall not eat of the fruit of this tree or you will surely die. He came true on the promise. Um, by now uh, they may be dead. I'm pretty sure. Um, Cain and Abel. I mean, he even he came to to Cain and said, "Sin is crouching at your door. You know, be careful." Um, clearly, sin was right there. <laughs> you know, Cain killed his brother, uh, and and Noah, the flood came. Um, it hadn't happened before this kind of a thing, and it came. Uh, so how? How great God is to, to come true on his promises. Um, do you really believe that God always keeps his promises? I would call the Sunday school answer yes. <laughs> so, So we, we know that God is faithful, and we're certainly able to say, yes, God is faithful. He'll come true. But it's hard hard to believe, hard to persevere. Yeah, when, when that time comes, definitely. Um, someone had their hand up? yeah right yeah absolutely. Pete said that we oftentimes just have an idea in our own minds of how we want things to be, uh and so we we kind of bring that in and support God a little bit <laughs> and uh sidetrack mm. yeah. Yeah, sometimes God's fulfillment of his promises is for me to take it into my own hands. <laughs> Definitely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Becky? It's about the destination, it's about the journey and what God teaches I'd love for maybe like one person to share uh, when in your life um, have you really tried most? When have you, have you most had to trust somebody and how did that turn out? Is there something, someone here maybe who could share where there's some point in your life where you, you really know you've struggled to trust somebody? How did that turn out? John? Thanks, John. Yeah. Is there any other, any thoughts of someone who's kind of had a point in life where you've, you've really had to trust somebody? Um, Bethany. It's not easy to let go not easy to to not be in control Uh, and it's often tough to trust somebody else with your life your plans
1: so to speak um, and what's happening with you okay this is so great just a couple wrap-up questions because we got to get done Three of them, and they're really kind of the three typical ones we've had. The first one is, if what we learned in this story about God calling a special family as his own people is true, so if if we learned here that God called out this special family to himself, and if that's true, how does or how should it affect your life? Just one or two, maybe three examples. If if God called out a special family, how do you think that should affect your life? So if, if He called us and, and loved us and brought us into His family, then it should help us to battle against anxiety and, and be able to trust. So it could be a freeing way out of anxiety uh, for, for us. Okay, great answer. Good. What else? What's another, another ramification of that? That if we've been called into this family, how should we? How should it affect our lives? Matt. Matt. Type of overflow. joy, love, being a missionary and work. Sure. Yeah, so I mean being that loved and that cared, being, you know, brought in, it should it should result in overflow. Um that that blessing that we've gotten should also then also result in blessing others. The joy that we've gotten, overflow of joy. Yeah, great. Great. Any others? Sarah. Sometimes <laughs> Okay. All right, okay, we we just have to if we know that he 's called us into that special family, we 've got to trust sometimes that Dad knows exactly what he, kids listen. Dad knows exactly what he 's doing. Okay, <laughs> it doesn't always seem like that, and sometimes you think he doesn't, but it's going to be the time frame, and, and exactly this, God, we're going to have to trust him that his time frame is better than my solution. Um, so, all right, awesome. How would it affect us as a community if God's called us into, uh, if, his, if God's called out a special family as his own people, how does that affect us as a community? He's not to be
0: okay. We're all going to be going the same way. Okay. Not
1: that we have the same <coughs> ideas or the same job to do, but it'll all work together. So it's not some creepy hive mentality where uh, we're all just picking up the same radio station but there is this unification, there's this unity, there's this heart that draws us all in the same place because we're all pursuing the same Father's heart. Okay, great. What else? What other ramifications are there for us? If God's called up this special family, a people for His own pleasure. What else, Matt? Uh, it harbors transparency. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, so it it gives us a safe place where we can talk and actually be transparent with each other. Because what's our relationship with each other? We're family, right? And in New England, I don't know if you guys, I'm, I'm sure you've picked up on this trend, right? Because you've been here for a while. But who do New Englanders turn to when they have needs or when they have a question or they have something that they've they got to talk through? Nobody. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody, but if it gets super bad, the only, only, only people they'll talk to, the only people they'll turn to is my family, right? I've just kind of watched that time and time again. I can only ask my family for help. They're the only one, if anybody. I'll do it as long as I can by myself. Is that the way we're designed? No, we're called to be part of God's people. So there's huge ramifications because that gives us a place for safety. Because with your family, you know them pretty well, right? And, and what are you aware of? Their strengths, but also their weaknesses. Which one might stand out more often to you? <laughs> don't say it. Don't answer. Don't <laughs> worry about it. But we know it, right? And yet, there's still what? family. I expect a little kookiness, right? (laughs) Ivan, yeah, these, this you know story that we're doing, doing this dialogue this way, actually opens up a door for more of us to see the role that we really play where sometimes it can look the other way. We don't want it to, to look like that. So this is just a great opportunity for, for so many of you to bless others by what you're thinking, what you're sharing, ideas that are going to resonate. You know, I had one young guy tell me last week that he was just really thinking through it and he was really helped by last week. So you guys helped him. Last question, how would it affect others in our neighborhood, in this lakes region, that that reality that, that God is, you know, that this is bigger, how would that affect others inside of our community? Is this a closed family? I'll kind of prompt that one, I'm... Again, they're supposed to to let everybody come up with I don't know, but is this supposed to be a closed family? Is God done adopting? No. What does God want to do? Yeah. Yeah. He wants more kids. He's bringing more people into his family. Right? And how does that kind of function? I'm not quite sure what that background noise is, but we'll just ignore it. It's life. So so the implication of this family calling is that God sought out Abraham, right? Because that's how this whole thing started, right? What do you think He wants us to do? Yeah. God's the initiator and He wants to draw people into His family. I kind of think that maybe He wants His kids to be initiators. Yeah, be fruitful and multiply. Absolutely. Right on the story. Awesome. God built everything in creation to be fruitful and multiply. What do you think he wants for his family? Be fruitful and multiply. You know, guys, this has been fantastic. Thank you very much. Next week, we're going we're gonna to take the next step. But for this week, I want to remind you that there's a walking it out sheet out back, some, some more passages that you can read. You can see that the story is not just something we made up. It's something that comes right out of Scripture. It'll give you some other questions that you can think through. But time-wise, again, we love you. We want to try and do our best to respect you. It takes longer to do dialogue. Uh, so thank you for your, your flexibility with this. Let me just go ahead and pray for us. And then uh, as I pray, I know the music team is going to come up. We're going to send each other out of here to be fruitful and multiply uh, this week as we go forward. So Jesus, thank you. God, we are, are just so amazed that you're the God who came, that you're the God who draws in broken and weak and and old and people who don't think that they fit in and people who aren't sure about about what they bring to the table and people who who even they even they, they sin they, they do exactly what they know you don't want them to do or or even like matt kind of hinted at maybe sometimes they do something and they think wow i just did this for god and this is miraculous when it's really not um so i just want to pray i thank you that you are the god who goes out after people who loves people and who transforms people and then draws them into your family. So please help us to believe that this week. Help us to be transformed by that truth this week. Help those who feel unloved to know that they're loved. Help those who feel like they have no calling in their life to find out what your calling in their life is. Help those who feel isolated to no longer be isolated, but instead to step in and be known. God, help us to lean on each other like family. Uh, We love you. Help us to lean on you as our dad. To need you. And maybe not just like the human dad that we had. If he wasn't a great picture of that. But to lean on you because you are the perfect dad. Thank you Jesus. In your name we pray.
0: Amen.